Welcome to The Observer Effect, a podcast of travel stories. Each week we hope to bring you a conversation with someone we meet overseas, and at least one good story. Virgil says, many tasks give themselves better to the cool of night. We met with Kai in his hostel. I still can't believe his candor and generosity of spirit to share with us what he did. Kai is still out there, somewhere. Uh, describe yourself. Oh, we're, we're recording now? Yeah. Let's just dive right uh, in. My name is Kai. I'm California. I'm Chinese-American and uh, started off in a career in medicine. Okay. <laughs> and now I'm in music. Okay. And um, a couple of years ago, uh, I had pretty much the biggest heartbreak of my life. Um, I was with someone for 12 years and then we split off and now I'm traveling kind of almost nearly full-time to, to kind of heal and get over her. So give us your stats. Where have you been? My stats. Where have I been? <laughs> Fuck. Um, since... Oh, is it okay for me to swear on sure, this podcast? Sure, okay, Because sure. I'm going to fucking swear. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that's the other part of my story, which is huge. Like, when I was 16, I became a born-again Christian. I was, I was uh, baptized, everything. And then also... In 2013, when I found out about the affair with my ex, I also I also left my faith. So that's that's a pretty significant kind of element. Um, pretty much every part of my life. Um, my stats since my ex and I broke up, I have been to Mexico, Australia, New Zealand, Peru, Bolivia, Chile, Korea, uh, South Korea, Taiwan, Hong Kong, Cambodia, Laos, and Vietnam. And then on this trip, I started off in Belize. Then I've been to Guatemala, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, Panama, Brazil, Uruguay, Argentina, Spain, Portugal, and then Spain again. I'm in, now I'm in that part of Spain. After this, I'll go to Morocco, Istanbul, Cairo, Jordan, India, China, and then Mongolia, finally. And I'll return from Beijing. So the little alliteration that's nice and cute for everyone is I'm on a round-the-world trip solo from Belize to Beijing. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> so would you say travel is escape? Would you label it that way? Yeah, it was at first. Um, I was literally just escaping the pain. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did a significant amount of grieving. It was my second international trip in Australia. It's almost like when I escaped from the geographic location of the trauma, that's where I had the perspective, the, I don't know, just pretty much just the distance from it to be able to grieve. Um, and now, although although it seems like I'm escaping by leaving California from it, but now I'm really doing the hard work mm-hmm. of grieving, of processing it. Um, recently, I've just decided that I want to be friends again with my ex. She wants to be friends, and I was just like, absolutely not, I'm too fucking hurt, like, fuck you. Um, so I feel like I've healed to the point now in Lisbon um, where I could accept that, you know, and my experience in Lisbon is is coupled with, with that desire to to reconcile and to and to heal with Ex- that. 
explain that. What happened in <laughs> Lisbon? Like, oh, I mean, Lisbon is is just absolutely it's absolutely beautiful. There wasn't a specific event. Mm-hmm. Um, it was it was watching the sea turtle. I will tell about this more. But watching the sea turtle lay eggs solo in Nicaragua. Um, it was it was jumping into the into Lagos uh, Lago Trace Lago de los Trace in front of the Fitzroy, you know, the, like at four degrees Celsius water. Um, it was the whole experience, but when I arrived at the point where I could accept, not, not you know, full forgiving her, but like bringing her back into my life, um, assuming she's willing to, that's, that, that's, you know, I haven't told her about this yet. Um, but Lisbon was just the point that that happened. Um, Lisbon itself is beautiful, unbelievably beautiful and the party's great and blah 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 blah. There wasn't a, a, a moment in Lisbon itself that triggered it, but the process where it happened was in Lisbon, so I can couple those two together. I can couple the experience of Lisbon with with that healing, that, that point of my healing. So, um, so yeah, by the time I'll be finished with this trip, it will be 29 countries in total, and in my opinion, if I can give advice to anyone, if you're if you're really really struggling with um, with some kind of trauma, with some kind of grief, um, be it from a friend passing or very commonly um, from a relationship that ends, I I really encourage you to travel and travel solo. Mm-hmm. Um, do the hostel thing. It's it's really easy to to meet people. I'm 36. You know, I'm always the grandpa at every hostel I go to. <laughs> but it's it's fine. Obviously, the median age for hostels is probably between 24 and 26. But um, even still, it's it's fine. You can really connect with people, and it's a, it's a, really a great way to heal. And would you say you were a big traveler before all this? Yeah, that's yes, that's an interesting question. Um, my family is Taiwanese, okay. so I've been to Taiwan several times. So that kind of um, broke the proverbial cherry of travel. I don't know if that's a good metaphor, but um, so that got me out there. And then I've also done overseas missions trips. So I do have, I do, again, this is where it comes back. I do have to thank my faith mm-hmm. for that. That got me to Africa. Like I did a, I did a missions trip in Liberia when I was 19. Mm-hmm. So how could that not influence me to see something so different, so completely different, just war-torn Liberia, civil wars just ruined that fucking country. Um, and to experience that, that's really, there's still ripples of that, that trip and everything that I'm doing here. My thirst for experiencing new cultures, meeting new people, um, that's still there. So I did, I did do a lot of travel, but no solo travel. Mm. Um, my first solo travel, which is an interesting story, is um, November of 2013 is when I found out about the affair with my ex. And then November 2014 is where I took my first trip. That whole year, I didn't cry once. It was so traumatic that I hadn't even started accepting it. Um, there was a lot of drinking involved. There was definitely a lot of fucking drinking involved. But um, that year, is almost, it was almost like stasis. It was almost like I was just in utter shock. And, then, and I never, it had never occurred to me that I should travel solo. It wasn't like, um, oh, I'll just wait a year and I'll go. It was, it was just like I was just dizzy. You know, I didn't know how I was going to heal from this. And honestly, I, I hadn't really accepted that to happen. And then um, a friend of mine from church, you know, the church that I left, was just like, hey, Kai, I'm going to a wedding in Mexico City. Do you want to come? And I'm like, sure, of course. Um, I love to experience a new culture. There's that, there's that seed of wanting to experience a new culture. 
And I don't know if your listeners are Americans, but TJ, like, Tijuana doesn't fucking count, you know? Yeah. But, like, Mexico City <laughs> is deep Mexico, and that's, like, a different experience. And a lot of Americans, a lot of non-Mexican Americans don't have that experience. Like, yeah, that sounded really fun to me. Then she flip-flopped. She changed her mind. She was just like, I'm going to see a bunch of cousins that I haven't seen in over 10 years, and I don't want to have to keep on explaining to them that you're a friend, and I don't want you to go. I don't want to go to the wedding with you. And I'm like, I already booked my flight, ma'am. <laughs> so what am I supposed to do? And then, um, and then it just occurred to me that I should just book a hostel and just fuck it. Do it, do it alone. And it was one of the best experiences of my life. I had a great hostel right next to the Zocalo. Mexico City, for all of you who are out there, is one of the best cities to travel to. It is the best metro system in the world per dollar. Are you serious? Yeah. Japan and Korea obviously have better metro systems overall. Yeah. But per dollar, it's five pesos to get on the metro system. You can go anywhere. There's a train every five minutes. Five pesos translates to about 16 or 18 U.S. cents. You know? And you can just enter into the system and just go. It's, there's not an escalator in sight, so if you're in a wheelchair, you're fucked. But it's a lot of stairs, but it's like, it's great. You can explore the whole city. It, obviously, it's one of the biggest cities in the world, so you can spend a week there yeah. and have plenty to see. Um, it was a great trip. Um, this Australian girl named Melissa, named Mel, um, was my first travel buddy, and God bless her. Like, there have been many travel buddies since, but she was really, really cool. Also, traveling alone, we drank, you know, we had a lot of fun every day. And that really kind of opened my eyes to. How healing, how possible, and how healing um, solo travel was was was. And since then, I I did uh, um, the Australian New Zealand trip, and and then the South America trip, and then the then the Asia East Asia trip, and now I'm on the my my round the world trip. All right, so let's get to the heart of it. Tell us about this turtle laying eggs <laughs> in Nicaragua. This sounds like. Is, would you say this is your best? story or the the most impactful no the best story is moment? is doing lsd in uruguay <laughs> <laughs> i want to tell that, that story too okay fuck so many stories um i stumbled on nicaragua on accident mm-hmm. um people were telling me to skip um honduras and el salvador i think i think folks still agree mm-hmm. i've heard salvadorians telling me to skip it it's just not stable right now that that um there's just a lot of power with the with drugs with with um with the gangs, and so I was going to go to Costa Rica. I was gonna f- I was gonna start in Belize, do Guatemala, and then skip over and fly to Costa Rica. But then I was just like, you know what? Like the spots I want to go to in Costa Rica are north. Mm. They're closer to Nicaragua. So why don't I just fly into Managua, and I'll just go by chicken bus over to Costa Rica. And I'll stop in a few places. So I stumbled on Nicaragua totally on accident. Um, Managua was crazy and skip it. Went to Granada, that was fine. Um, I took the, and then I took the chicken bus over San Juan del Sur. Ladies and gentlemen, San Juan del Sur is the coolest, is the coolest beach I've ever been to. And it's, it's somewhere where I would, I would highly consider retiring. Like that, Mm. I want to get old and like die there. Mm -hmm. Um, it's, it's not just infected with tourism yet. There is, it is very touristic, but it's not, it's not ridiculous yet. Um, and the beaches are absolutely magical. Like, mm. I had a moment where I just felt like I was being baptized. Like, the waves were washing over me. I felt this sense of absolution. I felt this sense where I could really forgive myself. 
um, just just by the experience and the beauty of the of the beach, like all that. I know it sounds kind of hippie of me to say, and yes, marijuana is involved in this, but um, it was it was so beautiful that I had this experience. If you can imagine this, the beach is perfectly flat. When the tide is out, you just have this flat plain of sand. Um, you go out there, the waves come in perfectly even sets. The water is lukewarm. Um, there are cliffs on each side, and and yeah, I was just I just swam. I was just out there in the water for hours. Um, and um, then that night, because I was just passing through, I didn't really spend the time there. That night, I was just like, hey, I want to go see sea turtles because it was, they're in season in November. That's when they're laying eggs. I couldn't find anyone else to go with me, so. So I talked to this tour guy, and they were just like, hey, for 20 U.S., somebody will take you on a motorbike, and I'll go, just the two of you. Mm-hmm. I, went out, I went out there, um, got into the beach. We walked up and down it, just me and the driver. Um, couldn't find anything. <laughs> and there were some other French tourists that were there waiting. They were kind of laying down, waiting under the moonlight, um, waiting for the them to come out. My driver, my motorcycle driver, kept on being like, hey man, I gotta go, you know, you've only paid me for a certain number of hours. And finally I was like, listen, I'll pay you, it only turned out to be like 12 US more, I'll pay you more if you just come back and get me in two hours. The French tourists are saying that 12 o'clock's best time, but whatever. So he left, I fell asleep on the, I wrote a song, and then I fell asleep on the beach because I was so inspired. The moon was out, like, I was so inspired. I fell asleep on the beach. French tourists were gone. I woke up and I was like, fuck it. I'm just going to do one more trip down the beach. You know? I didn't expect to see anything because I'd been walking this beach and just being disappointed. And then I saw this little brown thing in the, in the distance. And I was like, oh, I wonder what, if this is driftwood or something. And I walked up and sure enough, it was one turtle. There was one turtle on that whole beach. And she had tears in her eyes. I could tell that she was in a lot of pain. You know, I'm sure it's... These are not land animals, you know, it's a lot of work. And I just sat there with her and just witnessed the whole thing. Just the two of us. The beach is totally empty. And it, it was absolutely life-changing, you know. To experience that beach that, that day and then to experience the turtle that night, and all of it by accident, none of this was even planned. Um, walked back, got picked up, and, and headed back into town. Um, yeah, Nicaragua is... <laughs> Is it, it is the best beach in the world, and I'm from California, so I know my beaches. And um, I would re- I would highly recommend to anyone to to see a sea turtle lay eggs before you die. It's an amazing experience. One more question: uh, What will you take back with you from all this travel? To your life. I'm going to say that 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 I'm going to say I'm not going to bore you with it, but um, we have countries like Sweden, um, Norway, Denmark, Germany. I would consider the U.S. post-Christian, Canada, post-Christian, Australia. Um, the best, most successful societies on earth are what I call post-Christian. I think that if God was a badass, 
I think maybe what he would have done is like, hey, listen, the, the best society that you guys can possibly be is something like Sweden, mm. right? Where, where education is free, women's rights, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I'm, I'm, obviously, Sweden is still evolving. For all you Swedish listeners out there, yes, I'm sure there's, there's always room for improvement. But the best societies on earth are post-Christian right now. What if God was a badass and was just like, I want to get humanity here. I'm going to use Judaism as the, as the um, kind of first vehicle, which is marauding. There's a lot of fucking genocide in Judaism. I'm going to have them not eat pork so they can survive. And then Jesus is going to kind of redo that and kind of get rid of the stuff, the pork stuff, the stuff that we don't really need and kind of redefine it. Um, but still, there's still a lot of repressive stuff like, you know, premarital sex, homosexuality. And then what if we evolved past that too? What if that was his plan the whole time? Because now, I mean, really, like, is homosexuality, like, destroying, you know, Western society? You know, like, uh, is sexual revolution, you know, premarital sex, is it destroying us? No, I think now we have societal balance. We have, we have our own kind of um, secular um, influences that are, that are guiding our moral principles. Mm. Um, we're able to self-moderate now without the necessity of the threat of hell. And what if this was his plan the whole time? And what if this is kind of the true religion? That we recognize, almost any, any American, anyone in a post-Christian society will recognize yeah, there is something magical about the universe. I don't understand what it is. I don't think it's Jesus. I don't think it's Muhammad. Mm. I believe in something, but I'm not going to practice. What if that's fine? What if that is, you know, that post-Christianity um, is kind of like what God wanted the whole time? Yeah, I think the, the two biggest things that I will take from this trip is is coming to grips with the post-Christianity, coming to grips with the, with the religion that that doesn't recognize the deity of Christ, but, but is still, it still resonates with who I am, and also healing um, and moving towards forgiveness with my ex. Thank you so much. <laughs> Beautiful do stuff. We, do we not have any more time? Uh, do you want to say more? I'm just going to conclude with the Uruguay story, the LSD story. Sure. <laughs> I have to really because it's midnight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Back. Okay, right. last story. I'm going to sure. do this, the quick version. Um, so I'm partying in Uruguay. I have a Chewbacca onesie on me. <laughs> it's it's the second most least least practical thing that I brought with me on this trip. But the Force Awakens was going to come out on my trip, Wait, and I had to wear. Explain the Chewbacca. this. This is like a hairy. Yes, you look like Chewbacca. It's a furry With legs included. Onesie. Or yes, okay. legs included. It is a full body <laughs> Chewbacca suit. I have it with me. Wait, can you explain purchasing this? <laughs> no, I, I bought it for Halloween before okay. my trip. Okay. <coughs> so in the U.S., it's a, it's just a common thing that that you can <laughs> you can get. Um, so I have it with me. I'm getting really drunk partying in Uruguay at, at, at Punta del Este, and then I just go up to I, I come up with this idea and I tell everyone in my hostel it's like, hey, what do you think about me putting on my Chewbacca onesie? I will walk into the casino because gambling's legal in Uruguay. I'll play one hand of blackjack. <laughs> In the Chewbacca costume, and then I'll leave. Win or lose, leave. And then guess what? 100% of the people in my house were like, yes, we want to do that, okay? So everybody was getting ready to do that, and then to throw in a twist, somebody at the hostel had LSD. So I did LSD for my first time. I'm 36 years old, but I have a huge Christian background, so I've never done drugs. So I did LSD for my first time. I walked in. I didn't end up just playing one hand. I played several hands. 
I went up. I, I put down 100 US dollars. I was like, because <gasps> it's a lot in Uruguay. And I was up 45, and then I left. <laughs> so, the, so the house paid for my LSD. Um, we went to the beach. We saw the sunrise. Of course, I stripped down. I got into the ocean. And um, yeah, I mean, 4 p.m. the next day, I still couldn't sleep. That's the consequence of LSD. But um, that. Did you freak out at all? No. No, I think there is such thing as a bad trip, but I just felt energetic and happy the whole time. And when I was when I was just watching the sunrise, like the universe was communicating with me. And I, I wrote a lot, several verses of what will be my will be my new religion. As I was watching those waves, like I just really realized that that I feel like nature's kind of trying to give us a metaphor of life within those waves, which is this: the universe gives. And then it takes, and then it takes, and then it takes, and then it takes, and then it takes some more. So what you wrote makes. And then it gives. <laughs> yeah, it totally made sense. I, I mean, I'm relatively sober now, and I'm, I'm talking about that. When I got into the waves, I just realized that Rebecca, which is my ex, is just a big fucking wave. I can, eat, I can just keep on getting tumbled under it, or I can just swim under it. And that's kind of the metaphor that I learned then. Yes, I was high, and yes, that is something that someone says when he's high, but... I'm applying that now. I feel like the irregularity of waves, the violence, the potential violence, and sometimes, like when, here we go, full circle, sometimes, like when I'm in um, San Juan del Sur, the waves are just like little bubbles on my face, you know? The waves are going to be different. The universe is going to throw different ones. You can get caught up in them, you can ride them, or you can just swim under them. And I, I feel like the ocean, um, which is this universal thing that all humanity recognizes, um, and understands. I think that's one of the things that the universe is kind of giving us as a metaphor for life. Um, and that's something else I'll take away from this trip. So we'll end it with that. Thank you so much. Guys. You're welcome. And thank you for uh, this honor of being able to talk about it Absolutely. and record this. Thank you again so much to Kai for sharing two great stories and sharing his motivation for travel and of course his stats as well please take a moment and consider looking at kiva.org k-i-v-a knit the world one stitch closer together thank you to dana boulet for the music and thanks for listening